Hi everyone, this is the Hearsay Podcast. My name is Saya and thank you so much for tuning in. This is episode number 91 and my guest today is Asha Lorenz from the UK band Sorry. Sorry were touring in Australia a few weeks ago and Asha was kind enough to make some time to record this remotely with me. Uh, it's a little bit of a mini episode due to some time constraints, but still a really lovely chat and I'm so grateful to Asha and her team for making this happen. Asha's very brief and very hilarious story was illustrated by the incredible Lucy Dyson. Lucy is one of Australia's best, even though she's living in Germany at the moment. She has done illustration and animation work for Paul McCartney and many friends of the podcast, such as Bernard Fanning, Paul Kelly, Sarah Blasco, Courtney Barnett, as well as other really amazing people like John Spencer Blues Explosion. Go and follow her on Instagram at Lucy Dyson Sphere or check out her stuff at lucydyson.com. You won't regret it. She's so great. This particular story stars Timothy Chalamet. So if you like a funny celeb insight, you will love it. All illustrations can be seen as always on Instagram at Hearsay Podcast or on the Hearsay Facebook page. Please subscribe and leave me a comment on iTunes. It helps people be able to find the pod. And thank you again so much for listening. Uh, here we go. Episode number 91 with Asha Lorenz. Is this your first time in Australia? Yeah. How are you finding it so far? Yeah, really. Yes, yeah, it's, it's nice. I mean, I, I can't say we've seen that much because it's been quite a tight trip so far. Yeah. But um, everyone's been real, really nice. Um, so, and the shows have been good and people have been responsive which is nice so that's so great that's all you can really ask for yeah <laughs> so you haven't got to do anything super australian yet like go and hug a koala or feed a kangaroo or something not yet but uh, maybe we do have like a couple mornings off in sydney so i think maybe tomorrow or the next day we we'll go for a big walk i really wanted to go and see you in brisbane actually because i'm i'm based in brisbane but I had my own album launch the night after and I just had oh, to do no. some last minute pracky. That is fair. I heard it was a great show. It was fun, yeah. It was good, yeah. What's your um music called? Um, well I just perform under my own name, Saya, and um it's yeah, it's really I collect analogue synths, so it's very synthy. Sweet. I'll check it out. <laughs> um I sort of wanted to talk to you a little bit about like I feel like London must have been such a different place to grow up to to make music in. Like when I was in high school, I used to buy Select magazine and The Enemy imported from the UK. And, you know, I'd always look at the back pages at gig guides and ache for those bands to visit Australia. Do you feel like you just took that stuff for granted like growing up in London or do you, did you feel lucky from the start? Yeah, I think so. I mean... Probably took it for granted of just kind of it's easier to maybe kind of play the circuits and make a little name for yourself without kind of just slipping into it rather than like directly thinking about it that much, if you know what I mean. But 
I don't really follow bands that much when I was younger, to be honest. Oh. I didn't even really go to gigs that much. Apart, And then, like, only when I, like, started playing in the band, when I was, like, I don't know, 16, 17, and then our friends would, like, put, put shows on. It was, like, our friend Marco did this thing called Slow Dance, and he kind of just used to put little music nights together and stuff. So started playing there and then just started playing at the bars and stuff. I mean, even that sounds exotic to me. Yeah, I think if you're in that scene where you like bandy stuff or you like music like that, it that I think it's a bit less now, to be honest, though. I yeah, think right. it was quite, it was lucky kind of making that cut. I think it's diff- more difficult now because a lot of venues that we would play and were f- like, you know, cheap and free to get into and also just like a cool vibe mm. have most gone. Yeah, um, I think that happened a lot here too. Yeah, it's a different story a bit, but yeah. Yeah. What were you doing when you were a kid? Like, what were you into if it wasn't music? No, I do like music, but I more liked, like, like Bob Dylan and... Oh, right. Like, the Beatles and, I don't know, like, older older music. Yeah, right. So you weren't, like, aching to go see... I wasn't, like, man crazy. So you were really into, like, folk and 60s rock and stuff? Not really into it, just like old, not like specifically Bob Dylan. I just mean like kind of old, oldie songs, like sing along songs. Yeah. I guess I'd sing them a lot because I had some family that would sing that in the night when we have little family dinners and stuff. Um, and then I guess like more modern music kind of when had got laptop, just used logic and stuff and liked listening to beats and hip-hop and stuff on SoundCloud and so just started kind of making music from just different bits really. Reading stuff about your band people often say you are like genre diverse or really hard to define. Mm. There was one description I really loved where they said it it, it described your music as a sonic whiplash which I really loved. (laughs) What does that mean? How do you explain that? I suppose it's like being are constantly surprised with with what you're putting out perhaps (laughs) that's fun yeah do you get sick of having to describe your music because it's such it's so unique um i didn't get sick of it i guess i just also don't really know how to describe it that much um but yeah i just kind of usually be like i don't know it's kind of rocky kind of electronic it's kind of different yeah i suppose it depends on the song (laughs) Yeah, totally. I mean, maybe you can start saying your sonic whiplash. Yeah, sonic whiplash, I quite like that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and do you find that, because um, I know I, I played in bands for a really long time um, from when I was 16 as well, actually, and I always found myself to be sort of like not on purpose, but just like how the, the industry was at that point, I always found myself to be the only girl on the bill and I see you have, yeah. a, have a whole band of dudes as well at the moment. Do you find yourself being the only girl on the bill often? Maybe not the only girl on the bill for festivals. I mean, I think there is a bit more girls, like maybe not for bands. Like, yeah, I do think it is quite different. It's pretty fucking male-dominated yeah, everywhere. Yeah, totally. I travel with boys all the time. Like, yeah, I and I think maybe as I get older, it bothers me a bit more yeah. and I kind of don't. Yeah, I think I don't like it when people glorify girls as well just for being girls rather than being good at what they do. And I think, like, actually that band's kind of shit, but <laughs> just because it's a bunch of girls, then it's like, 
and I kind of hate that. Yeah, and, um, I think the world has always been a little bit like that. It's very yeah, tokenistic, think, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and it's like kind of backwards. It's kind of like backwards. It's like anyway, but yeah, I yeah. Sometimes it is, and sometimes it's weird. It's definitely weird, and I think yeah, I don't really rate it. And I think it's more of an issue as you get older. There's a lot of boys clubs everywhere. Totally. Yeah, I mean, now I I definitely make an effort to surround myself with girls in my yeah. band a lot more. But um, but back in the day when I was just touring with guys all the time, if there was ever another girl on tour, I would really like latch onto them. Yeah, I mean, I've never gone on tour with a girl, and I think it's something that's going to change. Yeah, soon. you got to do it. It's so nice. It's too much for me now. It's been like six years of, and especially even if we go on tour with male bands as well it'll be like 20 guys and me and it's like too much now and i suppose i think as you get older you're a bit like oh no totally (laughs) your tolerance just becomes a bit like why am i doing this (laughs) (laughs) maybe it's time to start like putting some conditions in your contract like you need some like girl roadies or like front of house girl No, but I do love boys. I do love the boys. It's of just, course, yeah. It's more, it's more just like there needs to be more women and there needs to be more girls. And it, it's like I don't want to be someone who doesn't have any. Yeah. It's like it's just it's, it's kind of weird. It's like and I don't feel I don't rate it. Yeah, I've, I feel the same way, which is why like, yeah, when I saw you, I was like, oh, that was totally me <laughs> for so long. I find it so often like people will um, will say stuff about women like oh well they must be like someone's girlfriend or whatever I just find that so irritating um when you know you are actually like really important in your own right Mm, yeah I think I think it's difficult and I think boys have a lot of pride and that can get I think it's difficult for boys as well to like like not not that they should find it difficult like not I have pity but I think boys (laughs) find it I do think it's difficult to be like you know outstaged by a girl or like feel threatened i think it's complete bullshit no no i mean obviously obviously it's bullshit but i think it's quite quite apparent that that is what it what it's a thing sometimes. yeah i know and there is, that is like quite a lot yeah Oh man, I've, I had, I mean, this is like going into a bit of a like feminist rant now, but my, um, <laughs> one of my good friends who plays in a really amazing band, she said she went yeah. to a guitar shop the other day and uh, mm. went to buy like a new power supply for her pedal board. And they oh. were like, you know, this isn't for your mobile phone, right? And she was like, oh my God. what the That's fuck? Mean. That's mad though. So mean. That's fucking mad. <laughs> still people like that in the world you know the other thing that I I was thinking when I was listening to your records is your records make me think a lot about playing live like I think when I listen to the songs I want to play that kind of music live like it sounds so fun and so energetic and so sort of like raw in a way when you're recording or writing songs do you have that little bit of like a voice in your mind that goes how is this going to translate to live or are you like thinking about that as you're writing or is it just sort of whatever comes out and then you have to translate it later um on the first record like i feel like because the songs that we that we put out as singles that were like band songs before we put the record out were Mm. quite rocky and a lot more like kind of grungy and riffy but then 
we kind of put the record out and it was much more production-y and just kind of me and Louis had done the majority of it and kind of produced ourselves with this guy James. Yeah. Um, but actually, yeah, and we weren't really that good at playing live yet. Like, we were pretty shit um, <laughs> at translating the songs. And I think I think as well, like, because, it, you know, like, the songs are quite like each one's quite different so i think it was quite a hard show to digest or get into and we were quite sloppy so i think <laughs> with the second record it like i feel like we knew we kind of i think we just needed to like step up and so and it was funny because after we did finish the record then we'd play some of the songs like lies we'd have added all the samples but in the record it was all just like on the computer but then when we played it live it sounded way fatter and like we wanted to change the structure so we kind of kept that in mind and we wanted to do the second album backwards kind of so we wanted to to all be written and then all the samples to be like played into the song so it was kind of like a live take of the the computer production amazing That's so cool because that's a, such a different way of writing. Yeah, and so because we, because I listened that to that record nine two five, and I just felt like like it just like it's cool some bits of it, but it doesn't really flow. And I we kind of felt like it was difficult to listen to and stuff at point. So we kind of wanted like more continuity in the second one and the sonics of it and it to flow and feel like even though each song is like got its own little internal world, it was all kind yeah. of had the same all together though at the same time yeah it still sounds super experimental but it's interesting that that the production was like sort of already written in a way like some of those parts were already written yeah it was kind of just trying to capture it and then have continuation like with the guitar tones and stuff which is something that we never really thought about that was just kind of something that we wanted to do yeah comes with playing more live shows and knowing that you're going to play more and more mm-hmm yeah and yeah and yeah also just that was kind of good like we didn't want we didn't want to finish this song put it out and then when we play it live it sounded cool it sounded better or it sounded better and we wanted to change the subject so we kind of wanted to finish the song and then play it together lots and then knew like that was how we we would play it live and it translated both on the record and live my writing's a lot more like electronic but when I write, I very much write in pieces. So I, I will record one bit and then then go back yeah. and sit at my keyboard and go, what might go with that bit and, you know, write mm. write the next bit. So it's a real patchwork when I write, which sounds mm. like maybe that's what you did on your first album too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely still do. I still do, do that as well. Like, I still do that, but I feel like, yeah, it just, yeah, it, it just it is difficult then to play it live and it's, feels difficult to solidify like the idea that you're trying to to get through in the song when it's all patchworky well for me totally yeah yeah and like i feel like once you feel like this is the most you can get to with it then you kind of i think as well before you because we also used to make so many yeah like so computers for the on the laptop and stuff you get so attached to the demo and people would always say that like you're attached and now i feel not attached to demos anymore but like it took like six years to be like oh, maybe this one will be better and, and letting go. And, and, and then it's you kind of actually hone in on the songwriting way more. And, like, if it's a good song, you know, it doesn't hide behind the production um, yeah. tricks and stuff, I think. yeah, People do it all different ways and it works, you know, 
if you've got like some good continuity, it's fine. I feel like if you can, tr- it's just like trusting in your belief. Oh, totally. Yeah. Can you, speaking of production, can you tell me about working with um, Adrian Utley from Portishead? Because he seems like, I mean, I've never met him, but he seems like such a fan of music and the interviews that I've seen Mm. with him, he's like always super keen to talk about gear and he just seems like a really positive person. What, What experience did you have with him? I, it was a little bit difficult because I think the songs were like, I felt like he maybe found it difficult to find his place on how to do it because me and Louis produ- produce a lot as well. Yeah. Um, and I didn't, I think it was slightly difficult, <laughs> but I think what he really helped with is, is like the continuity and the tones of the guitars and mm. like the sound of everything, picking the right kind of tone, timbre and stuff of everything. That's cool. Um, yeah. And like just having some control over that so that we didn't go to like, crazy about stuff and then he yeah like a bit of structural things as well but um yeah it was like yeah and I think just being there with with the songs in the room and stuff um but I think it was a bit of a difficult difficult for him I think as well because he's used to being maybe a bit more hands-on maybe I'm not sure how much he enjoyed the experience oh no (laughs) sorry to bring him up no I think no, no, no. I, I mean, we've, we've, I don't know. I, I, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell with some people sometimes. Um, I just feel like, I felt like it was difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I think actually looking back on it, I feel more happy with it. And I can see that it was like, he was really good for, for helping with. Yeah. With, yeah. Um, he was really sweet and he was really cool. It is interesting, like working with other people when obviously, like, you and Louis have been working together for so long um, and, and have known each other for so long. You, I'm sure you have a certain backhand in the way that you communicate through music and then having anyone else in the room, I bet, is just yeah. something else, you know? Yeah, I think it's difficult. But I think it was help. I think each one we learn mistakes and also we push ourselves a bit and I think we never enjoyed the studio really and even though we didn't enjoy it that much, <laughs> the yeah. record was difficult, but it pushed us. It pushed us, I think, to to do things we wouldn't usually do and trust in kind of new ways. Yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah. What kind of conversations were you having before you made that record? Because obviously your first record mm-hmm. was like, you know, a very experimental and, and probably all you guys and and then it did, it cr- did critically quite well. Um, did you yeah. feel nervous about making a second album? What were those conversations like? No, we were excited to make it. Um, feel like we were, we were always writing new songs and stuff. Um, and I feel like, yeah, I don't really know. I guess, yeah, I think we were more just excited to do it. But um, it was quite a different process because the last, the first one, we kind of did it over like seven months. We would always go back in and out of the songs. And with that one, we went to with uh, anybody here we like went to Bristol and we recorded it in like a month and we stayed there and it was like kind of COVID times we were both mm. kind of like mentally not great so yeah. I it was like a very intense experience and I felt but it was actually really cool to get into the record like I feel like it feels much more of a time that whole record and like a stamp on something rather than the other one like I feel like it it felt the songs quite deeply and like I 
could feel them quite deeply. Like I wouldn't feel like I wouldn't know how to write those songs now. Oh, that's amazing. So lovely that you get to now like tour all those songs and, you know, get to sort Mm -hmm. of remember how you felt. Um, which can be good and bad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to, to actually be finished with all these two albums because they actually have been around for like a while now and lots of new songs and, but I feel happy that we got to play them and I feel like they're at a, a place recently that I feel proud to play. Like they sound good, good. The show's good, Great. <laughs> which hasn't always. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's, it's a trick. It's a weird thing to do with your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that often. Are you gonna go home now and and write some more songs, or what's what's next? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're supposed to be doing the record in December, actually. So Oofed. that's quite um, soon. Yeah, but I feel like it's been pretty full on time, and I feel like yeah, I think yeah, I'll definitely be writing, but. I feel like, yeah, I think I'd quite like to to think how one to like go on <laughs> in, yeah. in this because I think it's been a struggle and I think it hasn't always been the best, hasn't always benefited the writing or my mentality to like write as best as I can or have the time to. And I, I think sometimes it's not been beneficial. <laughs> to put pressure on yourself, you mean? Yeah, the pressure and just... I don't know. I think there's. I think people are different artists and different people that make music and different people like touring or they like this or they like that or they have certain needs that they need to kind of meet. And mm-hmm. I think that I think that I need to now also just kind of be quite firm in what I need to <laughs> feel Absolutely. happy or like feel like I need to be able to be writing and being creative and giving people like you know the best of of my ability. Of course. Kind of. Um, what yeah. what do you what do you think you want? Do you think you need just a little break at home, or do you need to like go on a holiday? Or no, I don't think that. I think it's just more rethinking. Like I don't know. I think yeah. I think I think just more just how the album is going to be shaped and how we'll play it and how we'll do touring and stuff like that. And and also yeah, just more girls. I think I think yes. in general just yeah. I think just kind of re just like you know. I feel like I've been in this for like six 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 seven years now and it's been the same thing yeah. the whole time and i feel like i need to to, to change it up now well i love that for me. we should we should um just cut that little bit out of the podcast and send it to everyone in your life and oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and then know, make yeah. it happen yeah no i mean I, I don't feel scared about it it's not like a negative thing no of course not no it sounds like you know what you need yeah, yeah, I feel like I feel like excited that it's been like we've put a lot of hard work in, but like also now also just to like learn from mistakes or things that don't really work. Yeah, for, for sure. Us. Well, it sounds like you've had a lot of time to like reflect on things that are working and not working over the last six years. Yeah. So you've got a good point of like, you know, reaching for yeah. real examples. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I was reading uh, recently where um, uh, something about how you said you were a quite a shy person and I sometimes consider myself quite a shy person too and I I find it really funny how 
we sort of put ourselves in this situation like playing live in front of people or, or yeah. even this situation where you're talking to someone yeah. publicly um yeah and how like how do you sort of reconcile that with your personality because I sometimes find it really tricky I find it difficult yeah I mean I don't really know how I work it out that's the, yeah I think I need to like work that out I think mm. it's just yeah, it's difficult I think learning more what you need from your life and also not giving out too much when you're not feeling, I don't know, it's difficult. Yeah, I think it's difficult because my personality doesn't really match my perform performance Yeah, persona. Like, I don't even think about it. It's not like I'm putting on a persona. It just kind of exists within me yeah. and it's something that is like, so it is like a weird thing um it is weird um i guess yeah it's hard to yeah it's difficult i think more and more i've felt like oh i need to you know be like this or be like this for people or but i think it's just important to like if you don't want to feeling up for something i think i don't know i feel quite strongly now in myself like as i go forward i just think that i don't want to do i won't do them that's awesome <laughs> because i feel like it, i feel like it doesn't benefit the me the it doesn't benefit anything when you're like not being yourself. Absolutely. And I think I've been many times when I've been like not myself and and I'm like, I don't know why I just did that because actually it just hasn't been beneficial for anyone. Yeah. Well I guess that's another thing to like put on your list of like changes after this tour. But I just think that's just learning life in general and totally. I think just I think it's just making sure you don't make similar mistakes again. Because yeah. Did you ever have any performance anxiety? Yeah, I do get really anxious. Um, yeah, I sometimes I throw up because I'm so oh, angry. No. I can't really eat big. Like it depends. It depends. I drink. I seem to. It. Yeah. It really depends. I'm. I find it difficult. I find touring difficult because I'm. I feel quite empty. Like if I feel like I haven't got into the performance. Yes. So I feel like every performance is very different for me whether I feel like I've really got into it or, and, and I feel like, I feel like it's something, and then drinking, sometimes I feel like I have to, drinking helps me feel, feel it deeper or it does, makes me numb. So it's, it's, it's like, for me, I have to find the perfect intoxication yeah. balance yeah. or just I like know. mental kind of spiritual balance <laughs> for the show to go. Well, I think has gone well, do you know what I mean? <laughs> totally. I once tried to take beta blockers before a show um, just to see. Oh, yeah. Have you ever had that? Yeah, I haven't taken them before a show. I've taken them, but yeah, but carry on. Um, well, yeah, I was just going to say like it was the wrong thing to do for me personally. Yeah. I know people that really swear by them and feel oh, like... Oh, no, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, I think... Yeah, yeah I can imagine it being a bit... not. Um, uh i think it can go either way like i actually quite like taking shrooms before a show really that, that randomly there was a little tour that we did when we were just eating like bare shrooms and <laughs> actually my timing like in my head like i wasn't that fucked but the timing for me made me feel like i felt like i was really in time oh, and wow. i think i was at like i don't know if it like i think it was just like in time as usual but i felt like i could feel the timings quite that was kind of cool that's amazing but yeah usually i think yeah you kind of have to find the perfect balance things can go pretty ropey pretty, pretty quickly i think for me yeah i was just like so bored when while i was yeah. <laughs> playing on peter blockers i was like yeah. when is this gonna be over <laughs> 
Yeah, that, yeah, I feel that. <laughs> Which is not how you want to be at all. But, um, no. but yeah, shrooms, that's so interesting. I don't know if I, if I could do that. But that sounds like, yeah, it sounds like you had a real great experience. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd like to ask you the same question that I ask everyone at the end. What is your strangest show experience or the strangest thing that's happened to you because you play music? Um, what was the strangest thing? I squeezed Timothy Chalamet's bum. <laughs> and um, wait, I need to. I need to hear like what happened before and after. <laughs> I was at something that he was there, and in my head, I was like, "Fuck, I'm never gonna be in the same room as Timothy Chalamet ever again." And so oh, this is kind of bad because I don't want people to think I'm like assaulting people, but I was kind of. Drunk, but and then I I just squeeze his at his bum because <laughs> and then he squeeze no just a little like which probably wasn't great but anyway he turned around and he was like did you just squeeze my ass and I was like yeah I just squeezed your ass and he was like you can't just go around squeezing people's asses because I I was a, if I was a girl that would be really bad and I was like but you're not <laughs> but you're not and then he was like and then I ran off. And then I felt bad and I went up to him major and I was like, I'm really sorry about that. And he was like, it's fine. What's your name? And I was like, it's Asher. <laughs> and then he got dragged away. But I don't know if that's a great story to tell, but hopefully maybe he'll, he'll hit me up. Yo. Maybe. He'll be he's, like, he's hoping. He's my mom. <laughs> Maybe nice. he'll squeeze your bum next time. You see each yeah, other. I hope I want to make a t-shirt being like, please squeeze my ass back. <laughs> to the- <laughs> Nice. You should definitely do that. Oh, well, it sounds like he was really nice about it. Yeah. <laughs> thank goodness. Hey, um, thank you so much for talking to me. I hope you have a really lovely rest of your time in Australia. Thanks. And, um, uh, nice to see you. All right. Lots of love. Bye. Bye.